0: when imagination ruled, and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater.
1: The best understanding of America begins, or so it seems to us, with the realization that this nation is young yet, that she's still new and unfinished, That even now, America is man's greatest adventure in time and space. The University of North Carolina, through a grant and aid from the National Association of Educational Broadcasters, presents American Adventure, A Study of Man in the New World a series made possible by the Fund for Adult Education, an independent agency established by the Ford Foundation. Written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton, today's recorded program presents Josephine Sharkey in Hearthfire.
2: I walked down the steep path toward the two-story farmhouse. As a representative of the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, I'd seen hundreds like it. For it was my job to move the mountain people from their homes when those homes lay in the valleys that were to become TVA lakes. It was hard to explain to the mountain people about why they had to leave their farms. Especially the old people. And she was old the lady on the porch watching me approach. I knew it would be hard to talk to her. It's hard to talk business to mountain people at all. But in her case, it was far harder than I thought. Morning. Good morning, ma'am.
3: How are you, young man?
2: Fine, thank you. Is your husband about?
3: He's dead. Fifteen years.
2: One of your sons, then? I got business about the lakes.
3: No, just me and my daughter.
2: You two live here alone?
3: Yes, we do.
2: Strange. Lonely out here, isn't it?
3: Company plenty in the hills. Company in the places they used to be.
2: Ma'am? Would
3: you like to sit down?
2: Yes. Yes, I would. I have important business, ma'am, to talk to the owner of this farm about.
3: Never rush business, young man.
2: I understand how you feel about that up here. But we do have to get the job done.
3: How do you like my mountain, young man? Huh? Jeff called it Wild Dog Mountain. Dogs run up there, have pups in the spring. Wild dogs kill the lambs, kill the calves. Do they? I'd stay close to the house. They might take a liking for me. (laughs) Bears up there, too.
2: Well, ma'am, I have little time for bears right now.
3: You see that long shed? Ma'am? There was a bear come down to there one night. I heard it. And poked Jeff, awake. And he got up, dressed, went out. My bed was by the window in what's my daughter's room now. So I looked out and saw the bear standing on that shed roof. Jeff saw him, too, and commenced to laugh. My, how he could laugh. Yes, ma'am. And he threw a stone at the bear. And the bear got scared and commenced to run down the ridge of the shed roof, his eyes looking off to the high timber where protection was. But shortly he come to the end of it. And he fell. His legs are thrash in the air. ka And he hit the ground. Then he run off. And I couldn't see him anymore. Jess would tell that story. Get right there in that chair and laugh at that bear. ka pop he went.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite a story, all right, ma'am. Now, do you have any sons, ma'am? Jesse... My oldest. Could I talk to him? Does he live near here? No. Do you have any other sons? Lloyd. Where's he?
3: Knoxville. He owns a company there. Uh,
2: Does he visit you?
3: Yes, he comes over. Every once in a while. Ambitious he was, you see. Him and Jesse was like Jacob and Esau. Lloyd was like Jacob, restless. Nervous he was.
2: Yes, ma'am. Do you expect Lloyd soon...
3: Oh, he comes when he chooses. Brings my grandchildren. They love the farm. They love me. Did you know that?
2: Yes, ma'am. That's wonderful.
3: If anything was to happen to this place, I don't know what Lloyd's oldest boy would do. He loves it most as much as I do. Yes, ma'am. Now.
4: Dinner's ready, Mama. What, Sarah? A yell? Hey, Mama. Dinner. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. How do you do?
2: I'm Davis from the TVA.
4: I see. You didn't talk to Mama, did you?
2: I was trying to.
4: Mama doesn't know about the TVA. Know about what, Sarah? Mama, would you go in and pour the buttermilk for dinner?
3: Why, surely, Sarah. Glad to do anything that I can. You know that. You got that man to stay for dinner. If he has a mind too, Sarah...
4: Lord, me, I told Mama about the TVA, mister.
2: Hadn't you better?
4: Not me. I'll not be the one to kill her.
2: But look, today, right now, I ought to talk to her. Farms for the folks.
4: You can come in and share our dinner, if you please. And talk to her then, I reckon.
2: Is that what you want me to do?
4: Mister, I want you to leave. I want you and the whole government men to leave and never come to this house again. That's what I want. But if you're building a lake, if you're going to flood Mama's house... You better come in and eat dinner with us.
2: I suppose I might as well say what I have to say and get it over with. The TVA is building some dams, forming several lakes. And this farm here lies in a valley that is going...
3: You remind me of Lloyd, young man. And yet you remind me of Jesse.
2: I beg your pardon?
3: The way you dress is like Jesse. You dress for the mountains with boots and good cloth. But you talk like Lloyd. Business, business.
2: Yes, ma'am. I wish you would listen to me, though, for your own good.
3: Mr. Davis works for the government in Nashville, Sarah. No,
2: for the United States government, ma'am.
3: Oh,
4: then maybe you've come to tell me about Jesse.
2: No, ma'am. I don't believe I understand.
4: Jesse was in the infantry. He was decorated by General Pershing. He was missing in action.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't know about Jesse, ma'am. I'm sorry.
4: You want some more cornbread, Mama? Yes, I do.
3: I told Mr. Davis about the bear on the shed, Sarah. Did you,
4: Mama? It
2: was a fine story.
4: There was a bear got in the kitchen once, too. Got on the stove, jumped up and down, a-hollering, getting angrier every time his feet touched the hot metal. Might have been there yet if Jesse hadn't scattered him out the door.
2: That stove there, was it? Right there. You have some wonderful stories, don't you?
4: It's a big farm,
3: young man. There's hardly a place that doesn't have a story to tell. <laughs>
4: A while in the parlor after dinner.
2: Yes, it's cool in here.
4: Coolest room in the house outside of the bedroom Mama uses now. That's my grandfather's rifle up there.
3: It's beautiful.
4: Made it himself.
3: That's his picture in the big frame. Uh huh. That smaller picture on the mantel is of my husband, Jeff.
2: I see. What's he carrying, rabbits?
3: <laughs> he was. Probably been hunting.
4: Lloyd took that picture with a Kodak. Lloyd always was one for anything new. And Pa liked to have his picture made, didn't he, Mama? Oh, yes. He thought he
3: was so handsome. He was, too. Don't you think so, Mr. Davis? Huh?
2: Well, yes, I think he was.
3: Now, that picture by the window. Who's that, you know?
2: Uh, Could it be Sarah?
3: No, it's me. You? Yes. I was 17 years of age when that was tinted.
2: You were very beautiful, weren't you? Was I? Extremely beautiful.
3: There were several boys who told me I was pretty. Many came here to call. This house was my father's, you see. Oh, was it?
4: Grandfather carved the mantel there, Mister Davis. He dug the cellar with his own hands, laid the foundation, reared the house, polished the floors. His father had given him the family house, which was on a knoll up a cove piece. But Grandfather built this, his own house.
2: Probably meant a great deal to him, after all that work.
3: Yes, work and living, living and work, birth and dying, young and growing older, old and growing very old. I remember so much sometimes, my mind gets tired. Yes, ma'am. Why? Why? It was right here that Pa called Jeff and me in one evening. The third time Jeff came to call on me. And Pa was lying on that cot, for he was old. He looked up at Jeff and said, Young man, do you want my daughter? Just like that. He asked him, Oh, I remember it. I felt weak, and the blood just seemed to leave me till Jeff answered. And he said, Yes, sir. I want your daughter. And then I felt warm. I felt like all the life in this world was right. And every problem had its explaining. You see, Jeff wanted me, you see. Yes, ma'am. So then Pa said, Well, you two get married come back. This place will be yourn, For the others have left me. So Jeff and me... We went outside the door there. And I couldn't speak. I weren't but seventeen. And Jeff was hardly older. Young he was. And handsome. And clean as a tree. Then he took my hand... First time he'd ever touched me. I'll never forget it. No, ma'am. Well, Mr. Davis, I like you very well. Do you have business with me? Uh,
2: uh, yes, I do.
3: What sort? Well... If you're interested in buying that 50 acres down by the road, I'll tell you right now I'll not sell.
2: I, I was thinking about that acreage, but... Namely, I want to buy the whole farm, ma'am.
3: The farm?
2: I'd give you its value and more. I'm anxious to have it, frankly, and and I know I'm imposing on you, but...
3: Why, I couldn't sell the farm. This place is... This house is... No, Mr. Davis. I'm saving this farm for my grandson. Lloyd's oldest boy. Tom may well want to come here. He likes it. It's going to be his.
2: I understand that, but...
3: The whole cove was once in the family, Mr. Davis. This, the best part of it is
4: still on. It's mine. Mama, Mr. Davis has something to say. Yes?
2: Ma'am, I like you. I hate to hurt you. You see, it's it's very important that you sell this farm, important to hundreds of thousands of people. We're building a dam, you understand, right across the Clinch River, and it's going to back water up into the coves for miles, into this cove. A lake will be here, water, tons of water, thousands of tons of water, ma'am, for flood control.
3: Why, we haven't had a flood on this farm for 50 years. Except for one piece of
4: bottom land that the creek washes
3: once in a while. I...
2: I see.
4: Mama, please try to understand.
3: I am trying, Sarah. But what's the need? I won't sell.
2: You have to sell, ma'am
3: what you say
2: the government of the United States is going to build a dam down the river and that dam is going to form a lake and flood this valley flood this farm, flood this house to twenty feet above this house there will be nothing but solid water
3: Sarah I want you to come over here and sit next to me yes mama I feel awful lonely. Awful lonely. I feel as if Jeff just has to be here.
4: Or Jesse. Lloyd may be here soon, Mama. You can never tell when he'll come. Try to understand.
3: Flood this room? Yes, Mama. Flood your bedroom upstairs? You were born in that room, Sarah. Yes, Mama.
2: Ma'am. Look at me. Please. Down to Memphis, down to Natchez, down to New Orleans, the river floods. And when it does, it kills like an angry thing, like a wild thing. It carries off land and people and babies and food, farms and animals. It wrecks cities. It's a terrible thing when the river floods. And we have to stop it.
3: New Orleans?
2: We'll do anything we can, ma'am. We'll find you a better farm, another house. We'll pay you. Anything within reason.
3: I don't know anybody in New Orleans.
2: Of course not, ma'am.
3: I don't know a single person who ever left here and went to a place called that. Yes, ma'am. I like you, Mr. Davis. I told you before. I liked you. Yes, ma'am. But don't you see? When Jesse went away, it was to the government. They wanted him for something. Way off. I don't know where. Germany, Mama. Germany. That's right, Sarah. Did he never come back. They said he was lost. They couldn't
4: find him. Please, Mama. Don't talk anymore.
3: And now, way off, somebody needs my farm. But I can't let him have it. You see, this is my house. And Lloyd's boy, the oldest, I want him to have it. He's to keep the fire going. I'm sorry, Mr. Davis. I like you. But you'll just have to do business elsewhere. Because I can't sell my farm. <laughs>
2: just drove up. Big car.
4: Then it's Lloyd. He got here fast.
2: Can he help her, Sarah?
4: I don't know. If he was Jesse, he could. She'd do whatever Jesse wanted her to do.
5: Hey, Sarah? Mother?
4: In the parlor, Lloyd.
5: Hello, Sarah.
4: You got here quick, Lloyd.
2: Yes, I did.
4: This is Mr. Davis from the government.
2: How do you do? Uh, I suppose Sarah told you why I'm here. Of course.
5: Make yourself at home such as it is. Where's Mother now, Sarah?
4: In my bed.
5: In your bed? Why?
4: I don't know. I went up to look at her a while ago. She wasn't in her room. She was in mine.
5: I know why. It used to be hers when we were children, back when Dad was alive.
4: Yes, but why is she using it now?
5: Because it was his, because she needs him, because her children were
2: born in it. I think you may be right, sir. When she went upstairs, she was very much disturbed.
4: Can the government take this farm from a Lloyd?
2: Of
5: course.
4: Then you must go up and talk to her. You can't avoid it.
5: What good would that do?
4: You're a son.
5: Sarah, don't make this sound so simple.
4: Mr. Davis has tried to explain, and she won't listen to me. She
5: won't listen to me either. I'm Lloyd, remember? I left her and Dad alone in this cove. I'm never to be forgiven.
4: You're her only son, nonetheless. Jesse's gone, and Ford died in childhood, and you're left.
5: Sarah. Sarah, you know yourself how Dad stood at that very spot and cursed me. And Mother looked on silently. Since I left this cove, since I left them, I've been something other than a son. I'm Lloyd. I'm Esau's younger brother.
4: Lloyd, she's lying up there on my bed just looking at the ceiling. She's your mother. Go talk to her.
5: All right, Sarah. If you think I should... (laughs)
3: Why, I didn't know you were standing there, Lloyd.
5: Yes, Mother. I've been here for a minute or so.
3: You've been quiet?
5: Yes, Mother.
3: I've been expecting you to come to see me all week.
5: Well, it's a hard drive, Mother. It's it's 60 miles, and the roads are terrible.
3: I've been expecting you. Is Tommy with you?
5: No, I, I came directly from the plant.
3: Tom's very much like his grandfather, ain't he?
5: Yes, and like Jesse...
3: Yes, he is like Jesse Lloyd, very much.
5: Mother, do you mind if I pull up a chair and sit down?
3: Of course not. Lloyd, there was a man here this evening, wanted to buy the farm. Said I had to sell. I told him I wouldn't.
5: I understand, Mother.
3: You've got to fix it so he can't make me sell, Lloyd. All, all right, Mother. His name is Mr. Davis. Yes, I remember. You—you you look older than I ever saw you before, Lloyd.
5: I'm as old as Dad was when he had the stroke, Mother.
3: Are you? Yes, you are. Let's see. He died in uh...
5: 1920, January, the Tuesday after Old Christmas.
3: You remembered. That's strange.
5: What I want to talk to you about, Mother, is the love you have for this farm.
3: It is a love, Lloyd. You'll have to fix it so I won't have to sell.
5: I know. It's a deep love. It's a love you have for the past, which was good to you.
3: Not always good.
5: No, but you had security then in a future. You you could look forward, couldn't you? Then Jesse died. Then I left you and went to Knoxville.
3: Let's not talk about that.
5: Then you and Dad were left alone out here. And there wasn't any future for you, was there, Mother?
3: Lloyd, I don't want to talk about so all that. So you and
5: Dad did what anybody would do. You began to live in the past. Then he died. And all you had then was the house, the farm, the past. The places you remember. Lloyd. Believe me, I, I understand. I'm not blaming you. I want you to know I understand. I know how hard it is now that the past is being threatened when they're trying to take this house.
3: But I won't sell. I won't sell. No,
5: because you can't sell, Mother. Because you're a part of this house now. You're as much a part of it as the floor's a part of it. Is that chimney there? Is this wall? This wall? You and this wall and Jesse and Dad and Sarah and me before I went away and the babies you lost and your father who lived here and built this wall. You're part of them and they of you through this place.
3: Yes, Lloyd. Yes, that's true.
5: And they're the best part of your life. I know, Mother. Remember that I know. Believe me. Because I have something else to say. Mother, your father was a builder, wasn't he?
3: Yes, he was, Lloyd.
5: When he was young, he was given the family homestead, as I remember. Yes. And he left it, didn't he?
3: He came down here and built this house, as you know.
5: He left his father's homestead, deserted it, and built himself a new and better house, didn't he? He was always looking forward, wasn't he?
3: Yes, he was. Always the next planting, the next hunt, the next addition to the farm. He wanted to buy that piece of land along the river, the Thompson place he sake.
5: Mother, why haven't you told my son that?
3: Why? What do you mean?
5: He comes back to Knoxville whenever he's been with you and he tells me about the old days and how wonderful they were. He tells me about the hearth fire and about the orchard granddad planted one tree for each child. But he never mentions that the hearth downstairs is about to fall apart or that the orchard doesn't bear fruit anymore. He doesn't know you gather as a family around a hearth fire for love and purpose, but that you serve this love, you drive for this purpose by going out and changing and improving and rearranging as your father did before you. Back in the coves, mother, are people who have forgotten this meaning of the hearth fire. They're isolated. They're lost. It's 1935, mother, not a year for cove people. And in 1950, the year of Tom's maturity, that won't be a time for Cove people either. Not for the isolated mind. Not for the man who is always living in the past.
3: I think you're saying something, Lloyd. But I don't know. I never heard you talk like this. Never before.
5: I want you to help my son. To help prepare him for his life. To give him roots deep in the soil of the past and his good father's. But I want to be sure that he's ready to meet the challenges of his own day. That's what your father would say. That's what Jesse would say. Tear it down and build it better. I can hear Jesse say that, can't you, Mother?
3: I... I don't
5: know. Sell the farm and buy a better one. That's what your father would say, isn't it?
3: I don't want to talk anymore, Lloyd. What do you want me to do, Lloyd? Lloyd... I don't know. This house is part of me.
5: So long as you have no future, it's all you have, Mother. But I'm trying to give you a future. I'm trying to give you a future in Tom. I, I want you to help me, really. He needs all the knowledge of the old days, all the depth of living and life that you and I can ever give him. But my son isn't to belong to this cove, Mother. Not to this house, nor to that old shed out there, not to that hearth downstairs, but to the spirit that caused that hearth to be built, in that fire tended, in this house built, and that spirit must be in you. it isn't in these walls, Mother, Mother, listen to me, can you leave the past for Tom?
3: you mustn't tear it down, Mr. Davis.
2: Mustn't what?
3: That house has to be left standing.
2: But we have to clear the lake bottom.
3: I won't sell if you don't leave the house standing. And that shed the bear ran down. But... I mean it. It has to be that way.
2: Well, I'll tell them in Knoxville, ma'am.
3: And I want the government to move the fire.
2: What fire, ma'am?
3: In the hearth.
2: You mean move it to your new farm near Knoxville? Yes. Well, I'll I'll tell them at the TVA.
3: I want it written down.
5: You see, Mr. Davis, when my grandfather built the house, he brought coals from the hearth at the homestead and put them there. They've never been allowed to go out. I see. You can flood the farm and who's to know whether the house and shed still stand or not. But the fire, we want to be sure of that.
2: Yes, sir. You can be sure of it.
3: And one more thing, Mr. Davis. Yes, ma'am? You're to come to see me in my new place.
2: Oh, I will, ma'am. It's a beautiful farm. When I get married, I'll bring my wife to meet you.
3: You better bring her before you get married, so I can look her over for you.
5: (laughs) I'll tell her you said that, ma'am. Come on, mother. Sarah is anxious to get started. Goodbye, Mr. Davis. Goodbye, sir. I wish you luck with your project a big thing you're doing. Something for the future. For hundreds of years into the future. I'm glad the TVA is here with its vision and its plan.
2: Thank you, sir. And good luck to your family.
1: American Adventure is written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton, produced by the Communication Center of the University of North Carolina. American Adventure is a study of man in the new world, his values and his characteristics, who he is, what he believes. The series is made possible by the National Association of Educational Broadcasters and the Fund for Adult Education, an independent agency established by the Ford Foundation. In Hearthfire, the old lady was Josephine Sharkey, a local housewife. The TVA agent was Charles Carrault, a student. The daughter was Jean Herring, a clerk in Central Records. The son was John Ely, member of the faculty. Carl Castle speaking. American Adventure is produced and recorded by the University of North Carolina on the campus at Chapel Hill.